that was a big part of it that resonated with me is that people will always need assistance. That kind of led to my purpose-driven life, if you will, because I saw that at a young age that there's always something that can be done for somebody else. Welcome to Social Entrepreneur. My name is Tony Lloyd. I'm a former Fortune 500 executive, but today I spend my time with changemakers who are making an impact in the world. We hear exciting stories of ordinary people just like you who are making a difference. They share their successes, their failures, and what they're learning along the way. Thanks for being with me today. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to Social Entrepreneur, and today's guest, Deirdre Haran of Dry. Now, Dry produces durable, fashionable, and environmentally sustainable umbrellas from ocean-bound plastic. And Deirdre is going to tell the story of how, as a 15-year-old, she volunteered in Gulfport, Mississippi, two years after Hurricane Katrina, and how that really led to her purpose-driven life. And then in 2017, Deirdre watched the documentary Garbage Island, an Ocean Full of Plastic. And if you haven't seen it, let me recommend it to you. Today, she's going to talk about the struggle that she's been through to find ocean-bound plastic, to find someone who can spin that into polyester yarn, who could make umbrellas, because umbrellas are still handmade today, something I didn't know, and then to produce those in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a supply chain problem, and how she's bringing dry umbrellas to market. So here she is to tell the story, Deirdre Haran of Dry. Hi, I'm Deirdre Haran, and I am the founder and CEO of Dry. So Dry is a company building a line of umbrellas from upcycled ocean-bound plastic. We're going to be protecting our oceans while keeping people dry. Okay, so it's umbrellas, <laughs> and they're made from plastic that was ocean-bound. Exactly. Is that, is that what I heard? Yes. <laughs> okay, exactly. so t- tell me more about that. Like, do you, do you like sit at a ditch at the end of the ditch, and just before it gets to the ocean, you scoop it up in a big net, and you take it to the factory? And how does this work? Sure. A lot of the plastic in the world flows in from Southeast Asia. Fortunately, that's where a lot of the world actually sends its trash and its recycling. So it ends up in those countries. And unfortunately, they don't have great waste management systems. So a lot of it does end up flowing into the ocean over 17 billion pounds every year. Actually, There's a job in these countries called waste picking, and they gather plastic that can be recycled. So it's considered ocean bound when it's within 30 kilometers of the ocean. So they'll be in that region, pick up the plastic that's good for recycling, and they'll bring it to the centers. From there, it will be shaved down and pelletized, labels removed, all of that. And then that can actually be spun into polyester yarn. And polyester yarn is what umbrella canopies are made out of. Okay. And so the the name of the company is Dry, is that correct? But it's D-R-I. It is, yes. Okay. And where are you with this project then? Are you up and operational? Do you have umbrellas for sale? So right now we're in the prototype phase, which has been very exciting to be getting different prototypes and playing around with those. We've been doing some iterations. So instead of now having any sort of plastic handle or wooden handle that's detrimental to the environment, we're making them out of bamboo. So it looks really unique and it's made sustainably now. That's a really exciting part. And also the shafts will be made of stainless steel, which is recyclable. So just making kind of incremental improvements where we can from from tip to tail instead of just the canopies themselves. 
from tip to tail. I bet you practiced <laughs> that, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. That's actually the first time, Tony, but I might might use it down the road. Write that down. Because <laughs> that was a good one. So where did this idea come from? Like, when did you become concerned about plastic waste and all that? Yeah. So I became particularly concerned and passionate about the ocean plastic crisis when I watched a documentary actually on it. And it was a vice documentary, various journalists that at that company went out to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch with Captain Charles Moore, who's considered the founder of the Garbage Patch, actually. So they went out with him and the documentary was just so eye-opening to how much is out there, how much continues to go out there every year, and what the state of our oceans will and what it will be if we continue to allow this to happen. And he and Captain Charles Moore said something very interesting in the documentary that the ocean will, to a degree, help clean itself out. And so the big issue that we need to address right now is the amount that's flowing in. And previously, when I first thought of dry and thought of the concept of making the canopies from the plastic, I wanted to go into the ocean and pull out the plastic and had kind of a naive attitude about that, that all plastic can be recycled the same and I could gather enough to make a sustainable business. And I was kind of living in a bit of a fairy tale land, hearing that from him that we can take what's bound and we need to make use out of that. We need to address that instead of really pulling out what's already in there was eye-opening for me and also excited me because that seems like a much more reasonable, doable task. So Yeah. Sometimes a reasonable ask is more beneficial Mm -hmm. than uh, trying to do that. The big, I can't imagine having some machine that goes out in the middle of the ocean and harvests all the plastic and brings it back in. It's a mixed waste and yeah, it's gotta be a nightmare. So I understand also when you were 15 years old, there was something that happened that sort of caused you to say it wasn't just necessarily about plastic, but it was sort of like, I want to live this life of purpose. So what was that? Yeah. So when I was 15 and subsequent years thereafter, I went to Gulfport, Mississippi, and it was after Hurricane Katrina. Where were you living at the time? So I was living in Acton, Massachusetts. That's where I was born and raised and grew up. And so I was in high school at the time. And so you like got on an airplane and flew to Gulfport, Mississippi? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry for some additional context. It was through a youth group. So myself and various other teens, many of whom were my friends, just had this really powerful experience together and went for multiple summers after that, which should say something because it is not cool in Mississippi in July. So... (laughs) No. And and so was this, I think you told me earlier that this was in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina struck. That was the, that was kind of the first trip that you made or not? Yeah. So it was two years after that. And that was part of really what stuck with me was the level of devastation that was still there even two years later. And even still to today, actually, it's really sad. It's been so many years and still not everything is right there or anywhere that there's a natural disaster. It takes so much longer than the initial relief that's given to actually pick back up lives there. So that was a big part of it that resonated with me is that people will always need assistance if they've ever been impacted by something like that or really anything. So I think that that kind of led to my purpose-driven life, if you will, because I saw that at a young age that there's always something that can be done for somebody else. So you saw this documentary about the garbage patch, and then you heard this 
encouraging words that said you could take the plastic before it hits the ocean. That was helpful. So how did you get started then? Where were you? Did you have any manufacturing background or sales background or tell me that? Yeah. So uh, the short answer is no, I do not have any, <laughs> I do not have any background in any of that, but I, I have learned that that kind of makes, that almost has worked in my benefit a few times because I think coming in with kind of a fresh perspective and just being able to do this as I'd like to versus feeling restricted by ways that people have done it historically has given me a feeling of freedom in a way. So that's been, that part of it's been great. I'm sure if I knew a thing or two prior, that would be nice to fall back on too, but you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, sometimes naivete is your greatest gift, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. You don't know anything about manufacturing. You're not really an e-commerce expert or anything. So what were you, what were your first steps to get started on this journey? Yeah. So first I did actually, after watching that documentary, really went down a black hole of a lot of research into recycling. So that's where it started. That's how I found out that plastic bottles, PET bottles typically um, can be upcycled into that polyester yarn. And to me at the time, that was just really an interesting fact. And then living in New England, as I have my whole life, I was walking to work and my umbrella flipped inside out and very discouraged and angry. I threw it in the trash can and then I checked the tag and it was 100% polyester yarn. So the wheels started turning a little bit. I thought through, I Googled eco-friendly umbrella. I was looking for it wherever I could. And I realized that I didn't know who made any umbrella, let alone any eco-friendly umbrella. I love that story. So talk about a eureka moment. Like you were just going down the street. You have this concept in your head. Now, this is an interesting thing. It's like chance favors the prepared mind. So you'd been doing this research. You knew this about the polyester. Your umbrella flips inside out. You see the tag. It says polyester and little light bulb goes off <laughs> the top of your head. Right? What did you do then? How did you get started in the umbrella business? First, I ran around telling everybody I knew about this idea and how this is a way that we could use this plastic in a creative way, in a new way, in a way that people would actually partake in and could see the benefits of it. So first I ran around telling everyone about it, Tony first, I'll be honest. And then I realized I had to buckle down and do some serious research to actually get this going and get it off the ground. I just, I started by seeing who would be able to offer this actual ocean bound plastic, because that's one of the biggest hurdles is finding a provider that does it ethically. And that actually meets the requirements needed to make this considered ocean bound plastic. I vetted multiple companies there, made my decision. Then I looked into umbrella factories because I needed to find out how what the supply chain for the plastic itself would be and then make the umbrella factory accommodating of receiving that shipment of fabric, of working with it. So I tried to have all my ducks in a row with the most important part in my mind first and then vet some factories after that as well and make sure that they're all up to code and then begin the process of working with them. The place that's making the material, where is it located? They're located out of LA, but they do the actual, they work with citizens, the waste pickers in those countries to do the gathering. They work with those organizations and those recycling centers. You say those countries, what what countries? Oh, um, sorry. The Philippines, Vietnam, Cambodia. The umbrella manufacturer, where are they? So they're located in China. They're in the same country as where the fabric itself will be made. And so did you go to China? 
So I have not been yet. I have my point of contact there, my kind of boots on the ground, who's been looking into, into the factories for me and going in and checking them out, sending me some pictures and videos and things like that. And I didn't realize when I started on this journey that every single umbrella is still made by hand. Wow. I did not know that. I did not know that either. And See, <laughs> I've learned something on this already. <laughs> How'd you meet your partner in China? Did you just pick up the phone and call somebody in China or what? Yeah, so the ocean bound plastic provider that I'm working with actually knows some people over there and it's a pretty tight network. When you start knowing people, you know somebody else and you're able to get someone trusted and have multiple conversations with them and then from there grow the relationship into something that will, you know, actually end up with making some connections in factories. So you have some prototypes in your hand. How are you going to launch this thing? So the plan is, um, once the prototypes are perfected, the minimum order quantity is about a thousand yards fabric. So roughly that's going to make a thousand umbrellas. So that's a bit of a nerve wracking, daunting start, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be okay. I think that people are going to be really receptive to this idea. And I've been doing a good amount of customer research and, and market research and People are so excited to, to bring socially conscious products into their lives. And that's been really heartening to see for so many, in so many other ways, right? Not just for umbrellas, but just seeing that people are so open and engaged with that idea has been really exciting for me. Let me just back up on one more thing here. So you had to figure out where to have this ethically made fabric sourced you had to figure out where to source these umbrellas. You had to figure out manufacturing and sourcing and all that. But you also had to figure out how to run a business, right? And, and I understand you had some asso association with like I Fund Women and uh, some accelerator programs. And so tell me what you did to prepare yourself business-wise. Yeah, so I Fund Women has been amazing. I haven't, they're actually a crowdfunding platform as well for women. I haven't gotten to that point yet in my journey. But that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to with them. And, and they just have a great community and a lot of resources for women who are starting businesses. The community itself is just constantly women connecting via calls, via emails, connecting with other people, helping you reach out to people in their network. So it's just a really beautiful environment of people helping people. And I learned a lot through them. And I've learned through this entire thing, just the importance of picking up the phone and calling somebody. You're always going to learn something that you didn't know and you never know who they, so that's been super helpful. And the accelerators as well have been, it's all just kind of about making connections. And I love the ability to also help those people with who I know. And that just feels, feels really encouraging as well. Which accelerators were you part of? So the main one that I was um, part of is called First Founders. And that's just been a great experience for that reason in itself, that everybody's a first founder. So we're all trying to navigate the waters and yeah, and just everybody's willing to help each other out. And I think it's just entrepreneurship is a daunting task, but you also join a really cool community of people. So it's very exciting. Well, I love this story. So you figure out how to get the material, you figure out how to make uh, umbrellas. I found women, you've joined that organization, you have this accelerator program. So everything's been perfect, right? <laughs> So you neat. laugh. Come on. What? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I think my favorite story about how not perfect everything has been is that I received my first sample umbrellas and the fabric was not waterproof. Mm. So that was a pretty. <laughs> 
that, I can't imagine that would be a problem, a non waterproof <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So that was a pretty brutal start to it when you go outside so excited to test umbrellas that you've been working on for months and then the rain just right on through. It was a very humbling experience. So, yeah. So, do you think you're going to do a crowdfunding campaign on these then? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to receive a grant from Biosense, which is a clean beauty brand. It was incredibly generous of them. And so I'm going to work with that for the initial launch. And then after that, probably for my second round of production, I'll do a Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I haven't decided, or I fund women, I haven't decided the platform quite yet, but that's where I'm hoping to raise the funding for the second round. So you're going to get a thousand umbrellas. You must have a lot of friends and families if you're going to unload a thousand umbrellas somewhere. Fortunately, I do have a very large family, not a thousand. So I am going to need to find some people that are outside of that group. But but yeah, I think between them and, and the, as I mentioned, the connections I've been able to make thus far, I think that hopefully the network that I've grown, if you tell a friend, then we'll be able to, to get these out there and just They'll have the little dry logo on there. Pretty, pretty. There'll be one with a turtle on it, which I'm very excited for. But the rest are going to be pretty, relatively a dark green, a navy blue, a charcoal, kind of sticking with the ocean themed colors for the time being. So they're going to be pretty unisex <laughs> and just have a little dry logo on there just to show that these are made sustainably and that it's an exciting brand to get behind. Let me know when they're ready. The next time I replace my umbrella, I will definitely pick up a dry umbrella. So what do you think has been most rewarding on your journey so far? I think receiving these samples, receiving the prototypes and knowing that this is literally plastic that could be harming our marine life, harming us, polluting our air, polluting our water has been very gratifying to physically hold that in my hand. But I think something else that I've really learned through this journey, as I was mentioning People helping people is an amazing thing to see. You get on the phone with a complete stranger for three minutes and they're connecting you with their brother's best friend. Like it's just very, very endearing and heartwarming to see how willing to help each other out we actually are when it comes down to it. So if you could pass along one key piece of advice to someone else, what do you think that would be? Don't stop. Just keep going. Don't stop. I like to tell a story that I started dry And I stopped it because it was so much work. I was so overwhelmed. And then a year I came back to it and I said, I'm ready to do this. I'm going to take this challenge on and we're just going to go for it. Tell me about that moment. Tell me about that moment when you, like you, you go, I just can't. Yeah, I was surrounded by paperwork and it was that moment you mentioned, do you have experience in manufacturing? Do you have experience in any sort of sustainability? And I just didn't. And it was a moment of... I have no idea what I'm doing and it just got overwhelming and other things. I had a full-time job. I had other things going on. So it just fell off my radar a little bit and I just, I let it. And then the idea came back to me a few years ago or a year ago, actually, right before, before COVID hit. And it just came with this absolute certainty that this is it. I'm going to do it. So if people were looking for dry online, where would they look? So we're on Instagram at dry underscore umbrella, where our website is at www.dry.earth. And we're also on Twitter at dry underscore umbrellas. And it's D-R-I, not D-R-Y. Yes, yeah. Okay, good. I want to make sure people are looking in the right place here. If you were to call on us to go and do something as a result of this conversation, what would that be? 
I would say to really think about what you're purchasing and what that impact has on the world. I think conscious consumerism is incredibly important. And even if it's typing in eco-friendly blank, whatever you're researching, whatever it is, if it were to be an umbrella, for example, before umbrella type in sustainable or environmentally friendly, just to see if something's out there and there's a sustainable alternative that you can invest in and not have to buy again a few weeks later that won't end up in landfills. I think that that's a pretty, pretty easy step to take and a very good place to start. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Social Entrepreneur. Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to you, the listener, for joining us today. You are the reason that we produce Social Entrepreneur. You can find the show notes, bonus material, and more at TonyLloyd.com. That's T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. Well, listen, thanks so much for joining me today. And until next time, please remember to use this one short, amazing life and go make an impact. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time on Social Entrepreneur.